under rifle, all will drink up my artist, you ho. Kidnap a rabbit, you don't give a hoot. Ah, boy. Yo ho, yo ho, pirate's life for me. Extort go for a filtral sack. Ahoy there, crew! For your safety, remain seated, keeping your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast. And watch your children. And no flash pictures. Prepare to make sales. The last there. It'd be too late to alter course, mateys. And there be a one-legged pirate lurking. And wild pigs. And mark me words, mateys, a safe lifeboat is of the utmost importance. But keep a weather eye open, mates, and hold on tight. With both hands to your smartphone or whatever you're listening to this here podcast with, if you please. Unless you're in your car. Especially the Ford Seamast. In that case, tin and two, please. There'll be squalls ahead. And Davy Jones waiting for the crew of the Medfield College Film Society if they don't do their roll call and stop this foolishness. Roll call! The captain of the vessel! Mr. Robert McSwain! Robert, how's it going? Uh, Now, ladies and gentlemen, while this is the beginning of the podcast and you're still captive audience, I, Robert the Great... And a display of tremendous tap dancing talent will perform with the added cultural component of a potted flower on my head. Jeff, hit it! Hey! Whoa, 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 almost dropped it. <laughs> well, that is, uh, yeah, I'm just very impressed. Did you take tap lessons there, or did you just. Have you been working on this for a while? New Year's resolution, perhaps? From last year. But from last year, yes. In the swamps of Central Florida. The land of pirates, really. So much so, we can't have a pirate-based ride down there. Really? No. Mr. Michael Crawford. Pirates! By the light, by the light. <laughs> uh, hi, how's it going? Good, fine, how are you? God, great. Okay. In the mountains, uh, away from all the pirates, but the Soto, Mr. Andy Brown, how's it going? <laughs> oh, hello, chappies. <laughs> it's uh, it's going well. It's a uh, it's a cold, frigid time here in the mountains, but uh, it's this the warm seas of the Caribbean sounds pretty nice right about now. It does guys? I'm having a little deja vu. Feel like we've been here before, you know. Yeah. We've had a couple yeah. of films that feel, kind of a familiar. feel familiar to this. That we've it's like a shot in the face <laughs> of deja vu. It's like, yeah, yeah. So, if you be brave or fool enough to face this cursed podcast, proceed. But first, let's hear what Michael has to say about this here film tonight, Michael. Well, he mateys, something, something, Davy Jones. Uh, we're watching the 1996, uh, an actual Disney film this time for uh, the Muppet. Muppet Treasure Island. It's Treasure Island, but with the Muppets. Uh, directed by Brian Henson, written by Jerry Jewell, 
Kirk Thatcher, a.k.a. the punk on the bus in Star Trek IV, and <laughs> James Hart. Uh, starring the Muppet performers as well as the great Tim Curry, the great Billy Connolly, the great Jennifer Saunders, which I had totally forgotten was in this, and uh, Kevin Bishop, a, a very 1990s young fellow as Jim Hawkins. Uh, this one's got music by Hans Zimmer. Oh, wow. right? Yeah, right. And uh, the, the whole Muppet crew. You know, um, First off, I want to say, like I said, we've been here before. I feel like this is the nexus between Muppet Christmas Carol and, of course, we watch Treasure Island. Feeling very familiar. But I was wondering, you know, you hear these stories about uh, the TV series Lost that somebody, like, went into a like, executive room and just, like, put their head around the corner and was like, I've got it! Cast away! The series! Do you think that that's how this was pitched? I've got it. Muppet. Treasure Island. Treasure Island with Muppets. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I mean, they were on a literary kick after the um, Christmas yeah, Carol. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, what else is public Proof of domain? concept. Uh, yeah. Was this a, uh, <laughs> you think this was a, a, a double, a triple for Eisner? Home run? Could be. Uh, you never know how Eisner's going to score things. Uh, we need to get on Twitter and t- just demand he give us an answer on that. That should be a uh, yeah. That should be a supplemental grading scale for the uh, at the end of the podcast, the podcast. when we do Eisner yeah. era films. Eisner single, double, triple, or home run. <laughs> That's a triple. <laughs> Hello. Now, uh, did we see this in the movie theaters, Michael, or did we rent this? I remember watching it. After it came out, but I don't think we saw it in the theaters, if I'm not mistaken. I don't. I've I've been going back and forth. I'm not sure because I know I didn't see Christmas Carol in the theaters. No, I don't think. No. I may have seen this, but but I, you know what? I'm not positive. This was right in that era. I feel like there were some dark years right before we moved to Winston Salem when we started. We've been doing it since Salem. We went and saw every movie that ever came out. It was amazing yes. renaissance. Yeah. But right before, like, I didn't go see so many movies, but, like, Robert, we went, like, with friends and saw toys. Like, yeah. And, uh, but <laughs> we would cool. miss all these other movies. I don't, it was, I went on a date. Both of us went on dates to see Major League Two. I'd never even seen Major League One. <laughs> It's a real dark <laughs> couple of years. Were you for, able to keep up? With, yes. With, yes. Uh, I, I got what the was going on. Yeah. They were lo- completely lost. <laughs> <laughs> Need more origin story. Um, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Santa Claus was another one we did, we went on dates. That too. was a good choice, though. Well, I'll stand behind yeah, that one too bad. I wish Toys was a Disney movie so we could have a podcast <laughs> about toys. I, I rewatched it recently. Wow. Really? We'll have to have some, like, uh, yeah, break the rules uh, episodes. Yeah, yeah. That'll have to be yeah. one of them for sure. Yeah, that might be a good a whole season thing yeah. would be just to go <laughs> just completely leave the stratosphere right. and, and do all of our in- influenced movies. Because, again, they, they do start to run together. 
Andy, had you ever seen this one? I had seen this movie, and uh, I think though, oh yeah, I was in high school when this came out. So <clears throat> I had some friends. We were we all just liked Muppets, and uh, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I'm pretty sure we rented it, and uh, but yeah, there's lines from this movie that I still quote. Uh, Wait, when did it come out? 96. 96. 96. Oh, gosh, I missed that. I thought it was earlier. So I'm thinking I have just the weird feeling that I might have seen it at that theater over on uh, East Franklin Street down there. Oh, yeah. Behind the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Where, like, uh, VizArt was Mm -hmm. down there. I don't remember when I saw this movie for the first time. It was... Probably in the last 10 years. When did you see it for the first time? Well, yeah. I mean, either way, we've all seen this one. That's kind of rare, actually. Yeah, it is. And we're willing to see it again. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. Yep. Even more rare. I think, you know, when we when we did um, when we did Treasure Island the first time, I, I think I let us off on the first act, and I'm leading us off on the first act tonight, so it's kind of it was weird as I was going through this. I was like, I feel like I've done this before. Oh, it's just everything's a cycle. Mm-hmm. It's all happened before, and it will all happen again. Yeah. Anything more to say about this one before we jump in? No, I, I just love the Muppets. Always excited for more Muppets. We love the Muppets, guys. We really do. It's. I, I will say, jumping back to Andy, like when I first met Andy, it was like maybe like the first week or two. Like we were like hanging out together. Um, we went to the drive-in, and I think. Was it the Gonzo origin movie was out? Was it Muppets in Space? Muppets in Space. Muppets in Space. And I think all of your buddies were going to go see it. And and you were excited about it. I was like, that's a bunch of Muppet fans. That's that's, that's left field, man. I didn't expect that from this crowd. Bunch of bloody Muppets up here. (laughs) That's right. It was like three or four of your your, your high school buddies, and and you all were going to go see it. Yeah. I I didn't go for some reason, but... um, you're all heading to the drive-in to go watch it. Yeah, it was, especially uh, this movie really changed things for me. I think because this one is just to me, this movie's hilarious. There's a, the mem- number of gags per minute. I think are, are really high in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Andy, do you go first? I do. Yeah, that's it. Um, well, let's get into it. I'm going to hand it right back to you, Andy. Will you take us into the world? Let's hit the high seas of Muppet Treasure Island. Shiver my timbers, shiver my soul. Yo, ho, ho. There are men whose hearts are as black as coal. Yo, ho, ho. And they sailed their ship across the ocean blue. A bloodthirsty captain and a cutthroat crew. This dark a tale as was ever told of the lust for treasure and the love of gold. Yo ho, yo ho. Not the Disney intro for me. Yeah, yeah it's the one with the scent you, that you guys love. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's well documented around here that I, I like to torment Andy. I mean, and this is not like just documented through the podcast. This has been going on since... Andy, probably college, maybe yeah. before, probably, yes, maybe the, I'd say it may be even the first, maybe week that we met, <laughs> started tormenting you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's a on brand. This, I, I, when I see this now, when I see this intro and I hear that synth opening, I, I just, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm filled with so much joy. <laughs> yeah, just knowing that I'm like, ugh. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad I could bring you pleasure that way. But yes, we're moving on. Uh, we have the, the Disney intro with the synth that I'm not a fan of. And then this is immediately followed by a Jim Henson production intro. Is th- Have we seen that intro before? I think it's before Christmas Carol, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Okay. I've seen it somewhere, yeah. I mean, I know they do the similar, like, you know, the outline of Kermit and everything. It just seemed a little different this time. Anyways. I had forgotten about it. It seemed to me, like, I thought it starts, I thought it was for, like, a laser disc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, right. Because it's like a little laser comes down. I was like, is this, like, Disney DVD <laughs> or something like that? It was really weird. Well, as the title and the intro credits start to roll, man, we get a banger of a title score track. Hans Zimmer collecting that paycheck on this one. Coming hard. Uh, yeah. Then... Very adventure sounding. I mean, it, was, it just takes you right into like, yeah, this is a movie about pirates. And we get the great Billy Connolly as Billy Bones and his <sighs> great Scottish brogue narrates us through how Captain Flint buried his treasure. Then his narration is accompanied with a good pirate song called Shiver My Timbers. Not me timbers, my timbers. Um, with the Muppet Sea Creatures. And then they're, they're also like, <laughs> Easter Island like statues and great. you know skulls and stuff. Love those guys. Yeah, they fill in all the grisly details of how Flint, you know, buried the treasure then killed off the crew because dead man tell no tales. Well, <clears throat> Billy is actually in a tavern recounting this tale, which apparently he's done many times because the other patrons have all heard it before. And Billy says that Flint died and no one knows whatever happened to the map. Yeah, when he says like. Uh, he says something like, yeah, that's a tale, something that's worth hearing. And everyone's like, yeah, many times. We've heard it many times before. And then some guy goes, I'll drink to that. And that <laughs> made me laugh. I love all the old pigs that are in there. Yeah. Like the sailor pigs. There's pigs everywhere. And, and Billy goes on to tease that maybe it's young Jim, who, Jim Hawkins who has the map. Now, Jim is a, a fair blonde-headed lad with a sweet mullet. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) along with uh, Muppets Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat and their servers at this tavern and they're serving up rum to the patrons and they deny any knowledge of the map besides if they did if they did have it they would be out or excuse me yeah they'd be out looking for the treasure and going where no man has gone before (laughs) as uh, Gonzo says then he says oh that sounds kind of catchy so Billy warns that the one-legged man is still out there and he's the one to fear because death always follows him around. Well, about this time, Madam, uh, her name, I think it was like Bloveridge or Blueveridge, uh, something like that. You know, I don't know, don't know what it was. It was something weird. Yes. Yeah. The tavern owner played by, you know, as Michael said, played by the great Jennifer Saunders of the abs- Abfab, absolutely, <laughs> fam- absolutely fabulous fame. She busts in. She's wearing something like a weird fat suit or something. It's uh, very strange. <laughs> prosthetic booty it's weird (laughs) it's like that weird kind of grotesque british humor like women thing i don't it's she's (laughs) like the perfect person to sell it for sure yeah she's perfect oh yeah she probably like had that costume like ready to go like (laughs) didn't even they didn't ever have to make it she's like oh yeah i got one of those (laughs) i got got that covered yeah she comes busting in she tells everybody to pay up and get out uh, and she says, this place is a pigsty. Then turns to the pigs, as Jeff said, who were there, the pig patrons. And she apologized. Uh, 
And then after when everyone is out, she tells Jim, Gonzo, and Rizzo that there will be some table scraps for them, but not if they don't put out the lantern first, which they forgot to do the night before. So Gonzo and Rizzo climb up on Jim's back and his shoulders to extinguish the lit lamp out front of the tavern. But then turns out Jim is an orphan and which is a bit, isn't that different than the the book or the movie that we saw? Because it's his mom. Yeah. Cause it was his, his mom. mom's around. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Jim's an orphan and Gonzo and Rizzo are his, considered his family now, even though they don't look alike, but Jim wants to have adventures using the compass that his late father gave him. While daydreaming, Madame Blueveridge yells at them to get back inside and clean up. And we're treated, oh man, and we're treated to Jim's lovely singing voice as he sings about <laughs> oh. how, how there's got to be something better than this. I mean, that was, it's so high, his singing it's voice. So high. Where did they he find this kid? Oh, man. El Soprano, yeah. yeah. I yeah. couldn't believe it. It was, it's, you know, at first you're like, oh, then you're like, oh, oh, oh no. That's that's way too high. And it kind of grates on you after a while. At least it did for me. This kid is stellar. I've, you've got to hear him sing. He can <laughs> sing so high, he's a castrato. Voice like an angel. Oh, after all that is done, Billy Bones shows back up yelling for rum because he's got the horrors. The horrors! <laughs> the horrors made me laugh. That was great. <laughs> he pulls out a sword and starts swinging at some phantom or whatever coming after him. But just then, there's a knock at the tavern door. And in busts <laughs> one of my favorite characters in this movie. It's the visually challenged fiend, Blind Pew. <laughs> oh, God. I love Blind Pew because he's like funny, but he's also really creepy, like something out of the Dark Crystal. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved Blind Pew. And he has like this French accent, too. So that's the main reason I picked this movie. Was you're, you're, You referenced that in, in the treasure island episode last yeah. year i thought oh, right there when you said it in the episode i was like i think we're going to do the dude up at treasure island next year so yeah blind pew is great so yeah he's pew is looking for billy bones and when jim tries to convince blind pew that there's no there's no billy bones there pew thinks that he's a girl uh and he grabs him by the hair and he insists that insists that he knows that billy's around here somewhere while this is happening billy's like pulling out his pistol and as he cocks the pistol blind pew hears it and does this like hilarious karate spin across the room <laughs> to knock the gun away <laughs> and says hello to billy uh, well pew tells billy that they know that he took it and his old shipmates aren't happy and so they've and they've they're not happy that he's been they've been left with nothing and you're like hmm, what are they talking about here so they want to give him the pirate death sentence the black spot Pew laughs as he leaves and then runs into a cat, uh, leaving Billy holding the black spotted paper quivering out of fear. It's a really great Billy moment. Man, he was on such a roll in the 90s. Yeah, he, he was. He really was. Couldn't be stopped. He took over for always, head of the class, I remember. Yeah, he What? Did. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah now, I mean, I remember now. Been, but, and yeah. then got a spinoff. Oh, I didn't have oh. Yeah, Billy. It was called Billy. That was a great show. Yeah. I man, love that guy. There's something about Billy Connolly that reminds me of John Cleese. And I don't yeah, know what for it, sure. I, maybe it's the yelling that they do. I don't know. Yeah. They kind of look similar in a weird way. Yeah, they do, yeah. In an abstract way. Yeah. So back when my 
oldest son was probably three. He was, he still is, but obsessed with trains. And so I was like recording every train show I could find. PBS had a ton of like train shows, like in the middle of the night. And, uh, and one of them was Billy Conley riding around on trains talking about adventures. That sounds pretty oh. awesome. Ooh. Like he did, he did, uh, he did a train trip across the United States. He did one across Australia, uh, did Europe. Um, I mean, in this, this whole series and I found it and, um, I I ended up deleting it. I wish I still had it now. I need to go find it and see if I can get it again. Find that man. Yeah. Yeah. He, and it's hysterical. Uh, I loved it. And, um, my, my son didn't quite take to it. Like I thought he would, but I enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) And that's what really matters. (laughs) So yeah, Billy Bones starts packing up his stuff because the black spot means that they're coming to kill him tonight and he needs to get out of there. Uh, which Gonzo and Rizzo think it's a good idea and start helping him too. And uh, they're like saying they pack his underwear and stuff like that. Uh, that was just, it's this little side, little side lines and gags that you, you unless you're really paying attention, you're not going to notice it. But it, it, every time it kills me. But there's so much and all the stuff that's like in his suitcase when they're turning it over. <laughs> It's a copy of Henry Kissinger's <laughs> diplomacy. Yes. <laughs> that, and they don't even like say anything no. about it. Gonzo's just like, huh. Yeah. It's just like sight so gags. Good. Little things like that. I love it. But uh yeah, so Billy says he's gonna go find Flint's treasure himself, but then collapses, leaving Jim and the others to think that he's died. To which Rizzo says, and this is supposed to be a kid's movie. Um yes. that was good. So yeah, so it turns out that Billy's got uh, Billy's got the map uh, of Flint's treasure, and that's what the, the um, his shipmates are all they're mad about. So, but Billy's not dead yet. He comes to and he grabs Gonzo by the nose, and he's asking. He's going, ah, Jimmy, Jim, 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 <laughs> and Gonzo points out that he's got the wrong guy. Then Billy grabs the crick, Jimmy, Jim, 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 and gives him the map to old Flint's treasure for being so good to him for all these years. Well, Billy warns them of the one-legged man again, and he beware of running with scissors <laughs> and other pointy <laughs> objects, that was uh, which was great. And he says, it's all good fun till someone loses an <laughs> And then he dies. Uh, I, I loved all this. I love, you know, there are actors. I think it takes a special skill to be like really good acting against Muppets. And like Billy Connolly, I just noticed is perfect for this because he's like totally locked in. Like he's just like straight up acting with another actor with these Muppets. Yeah. Like he's totally in it 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. He's so good. In fact, I would love to have seen more Billy Connolly with the Muppets, but. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. They, could, they could do anything and I'd be watching that. So, but yeah. Anyway, so Rizzo and Gonzo and Jim realize that they're standing in a room with a dead guy and they freak out. They come running out of the room just as Blind Pew and the rest of Billy's old shipmates return to collect on that debt. So Jim escapes to Mrs. Blue Ridge's room, who lets him out the back door stairs. Yeah, the back door. The stairs out of the back door. Uh, And Meanwhile, Rizzo and Gonzo are in the cellar trying to load a musket with bullets and black powder. And then Gonzo being Gonzo, of course, spills gunpowder everywhere. And when the pirates knock down the door, Rizzo's, Rizzo drops the candle, and it, which ignites the powder. It sends everybody scrambling until there's explosions all over the place, and the tavern catches on fire. And then there's one of my favorite lines that I 
I quote this line a lot. And Pew goes, I think I smell something burning. <laughs> and it just, I just, I don't know why that just makes me laugh. And so I say it every time, like, we've had a lot of forest fires nearby. <laughs> and so I'll go uh, outside yeah. and I'll say that to no one else, but it makes me laugh. <laughs> it's a sign of a true genius in my book Andy. <laughs> there you go. so jim and gonzo and rizzo escape and they decide to find a ship and follow the map to the treasure well the next morning jim and the others have arrived at trelawney and son's master ship building to find out that squire trelawney is out of town but his rich Half-wit son, we'll see them instead. <laughs> <laughs> and Q Fozzie Bear as the young Trelawney, who says that they have indeed found a genuine treasure map, according to both him and Mr. Bimbo, the imaginary man who lives in Fozzie's finger, who is very smart and has been to the moon, not once, but twice. <laughs> uh, and then there's a sudden explosion that sends Beaker into the room, <laughs> followed by Dr. Livesey, who's doing some experimentation with gunpowder and they're invited over by Trelawney to meet his guests. So Jim says that they need a ship for their ocean voyage, which the word ocean confuses the half wit <laughs> Fozzie Trelawney. And he says, Rizzo has to say, you know, the big blue wet thing. And he's like, ah, yes. And then since this is such an exciting secret of pirate adventure, that he is going to fund this trip himself. And they can use one of his daddy's ships uh, because what are rich half-wit sons for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, then sometime later, everyone arrives at the dock and Trelawney introduces them to their ship, the Hispaniola, with the Muppet hecklers, Statler and Waldorf as the ship's figurehead on the front of the ship, which was a great touch. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah. Uh, it's a beehive of activity. Uh, they're on the docks and the crew has been already been hired and they're loading up the ship. They're just waiting for the captain to arrive. So Jim, Gonzo and Rizzo are going to be the cabin boys and they're at the helm, you know, kind of excited about their new adventure, a new adventure. And uh, of course, Rizzo is hungry and now he's off to the ship's cantina where they find this friendly singing cook who invites them to help themselves. And there they introduce themselves, and the cook introduces himself as Long John Silver, played by the great Tim Curry, who says they're all friends now, but to beware of the dark-hearted scoundrels who abide in these ports. Jim thinks he's talking about pirates, but Long John's pet talking lobster Polly <laughs> says, there are no pirates around here. You're crazy. It's a great puppet. Yes. Yeah, it's... It's fantastic. I mean, I, I, and I love how like Gonzo thinks pirates are supposed to have talking parrots and Long John look. He looks like he's like what? Like that's absurd. Like a talking parrot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Polly's like, what an imagination. What's next? A singing, dancing mouse with his own amusement park? <laughs> ba boom. Gotcha, Disney. Yeah. Uh, Pretty Shrek. And I mean, does anyone have a better pirate laugh than Tim Curry? Oh man, Tim oh, Curry, he's so good, so, good. He's so amazing. Like I just can't say enough about him. Yeah, it's really. I mean, I wish we'd seen. I mean, there was a rumor a long time ago that Tim he that he had died, but he's very much alive. Yeah, but I th yeah, I think he'd had a stroke, maybe or something like that. 
yeah. yeah, he'd been ill ill with something. I can't remember. But yeah, I remember that going around and it was like, no, still alive. Thank yeah. you. And he's still really sharp too. I mean, uh, like social media, he's very funny. Uh, so I, I wish we got to have more of Tim, but uh, always. Yeah. yeah, he is an icon for sure. So yeah, Long John offers to give them a tour of the ship and reveals that as he's open, he kind of opens his little door because they haven't quite seen his legs yet. And as he opens this door, they see that he only has one leg. That scares dun, dun, the dun. Jesus out of Jim and Gonzo, who remember what Billy Bones had said about the one-legged man. Well, Long John tries to reassure them that there are many men who have lost similar appendages in service to the king. And then does this missing finger gag about a cannibal taking some of his fingers in exchange for his own life. And then, of course, revealing that his fingers were fine. And that whole joke thing relaxes Jim and Gonzo. And everybody's friends again. Well, then there's a call for all hands on deck, which brings them all up to up on the deck, where Sam the Eagle, as Mr. Arrow, which is a perfect casting there. Perfect. So perfect. good. Yeah. Mr. Arrow. As far as like. Go ahead. As far as like secondary Muppet characters, Sam Eagle ranks really high. He's great. He's always good. I, He's always good. I, I quote him constantly, and just <laughs> he is he he he's never bad in anything. He's always good. Yeah, yeah. So Mr. Arrow is the first mate, um, saying that the captain will be there soon. Well, then there's this trumpet fanfare, and Mr. Arrow dram- says dramatically, "The captain approaches." And as the horse-drawn carriage pulls up to the dock, Mr. Arrow orders everyone around and gives this impression that this captain is ruthless, <laughs> saying that the man is a raging volcano tormented by inner demons, the likes of which mere mortals cannot fathom. Then Gonzo's like, he's got demons? Cool. I oh, <laughs> love that. That's so good. Uh, <laughs> and then this woman... This old lady who has like small children, she yells, Maniac! As the carriage comes to a stop. <laughs> and the door opens. And, you know, there everyone's expecting this, you know, terrifying person to step out. And this kind of grizzly looking person gets out, but then uh, he's just a servant. And it's actually Kermit the Frog, who's the captain. And he gives out just a cheerful, Hi ho, everyone, in his gentle Kermit way. Then Mr. Arrow shouts out that the captain or that Captain Abraham Smollett is now aboard. And as he's coming on board, uh, the captain gently touches the ship's railing and uh, looking pleased and you know, just kind of continues on. But Mr. Arrow notices dust on the railing and says that the captain is furious and immediately calls out the Sweetums, who's just kind of standing around. He's like, huh? <laughs> and Mr. Arrow blames him and orders 30 lashes and walk the plank. And then Kermit, a.k.a. Captain um, Smollett, hears this and he corrects Mr. Arrow saying, I, I didn't say that. But Mr. Arrow says that he was just anticipating his whim, which I love that line. <laughs> just anticipating your whim, sir. Well, the captain meets Jim saying he knew his father and he was a good man, which Jim appreciates. Then standing nearby is Long John, who who's he hears all this and he sees everything kind of shaping up and he's like, all right, this is going to be a fine voyage and limps away. But Gonzo reminds Jim about what Billy Bones had said about the one legged man. But Jim's not buying it. And he's like, nah, this is just a harmless cook. There's he can, how dangerous could he be? Well, while all this is going on, Rizzo is selling tickets aboard the ship 
uh, or really the Caribbean pirate cruise, as it's called. <laughs> uh, he sold it to other rats as a financial fallback in case the treasure map is a dud. Then Captain Smollett feels that the wind and the tide have shifted in their favor, and it's time to set sail. The crew and rats start singing, Hey Ho, we'll go, about the, how great it is to be on a ship and on an adventure. With And then some, some of the shadier characters kind of allude to some pirate things uh, that we'll probably get into here soon. But Jim gets in on the singing action a little bit more, breaking some glass with his high-pitched voice. Uh, but is that was is that when Tim Curry standing next to him? Yeah, and I guess, yeah, I kind of feel like Curry was. He just kind of gave him a look. He did because because <laughs> Curry starts singing with him, and you know, and of course, he has a great voice. Yeah, um, yeah, he does kind of give him this look, like okay, that's enough, kid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the whole ship is excited and they're ready to begin this voyage. But with this beginning of this voyage, this ends Act One. When the course is laid and the anchors weighed, a sailor's blood begins racing. With our hearts unbound and our flag unfurled, we're underway and off to see the world. Underway and off to see the world. Hey-ho, we'll go anywhere the wind is blowing. Man, wait, man. Sailing for adventure on the deep blue sea. Safely now, Mr. Silver. Let's not get sloppy just because we're singing. Danger walks on deck. We say, what the heck? We laugh at the perils we're facing. Every storm we ride is its own reward. And people die by falling overboard. People die by falling overboard. Hey-ho, we'll go anywhere the wind is blowing. Boys, the sails and I'm loving all these sets. The like are so cool. Like the little town sets when they are shoving I off. S- I assume that the one of the town sets looked like it was out of a Christmas Carol. Yeah, they're very similar. Yeah, <clears throat> but like like the set for the the Benbow Inn at the start is mm-hmm. like real impressionistic. It's like german impression is right. kind of like crazy <laughs> it's like a tim burton thing going on mm-hmm. we didn't talk about all the foley that happened with the saunders lady <laughs> it's a lot of foley yeah yeah crazy. one of my favorite gags at the start is when uh, she's throwing everybody out of the inn and uh, another thing i love she keeps talking about pigs in a negative way and then having to apologize to the pigs but she's like come back tomorrow night we're gonna have delicious roast and like the pigs turn around she's like potatoes and then there's a potato lady who's yeah. like hey <laughs> sorry oh, that kills my me. apologies my apologies that's right my apologies, apologies. <laughs> my apologies well now that we've set sail mr arrow begins with a roll call long john silver short stack stevens one-eyed jack black-eyed pea wall-eyed pike polly lobster mad monty Sweetums, Old Tom, Real Old Tom, Dead Tom, Clueless Morgan, Headless Bill, Big Fat Ugly, Bug-Faced, Baby-Eating O'Brien, <laughs> which we get a really, really good, I'm all, I'm, I'm all on board on Foley like this. A beautiful woman, yeah. she gets a hello, <laughs> and um, 
with a kind of Wayne's World gag. Yes, it is Wayne's World. The well, that list Mr. is Herman. like yeah. a very uh, old school Muppets thing. The the dead yeah. Tom, uh, yeah. It's, 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 this whole roll call had I was just dying because mm-hmm. it just escalates so much. Yeah, and, and then but, but the way that Kermit and Sam the Eagle, like you said though, when they call it the Hot Pirate Lady, like their face, like their like, their oh, jaws drop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, hey. oh my. <laughs> and then finally, we have Angel Marie. So uh, Captain Smollett calmly exits to his cabin where uh, he yells at his trusted officers about who uh, was responsible for this crew. And everyone points at the squire, uh, who then points at his finger. And we find out that the cook advised his finger on who to hire. Also, the uh, Fozzie's outfit with the, the, the huge hat with the big feathers in it, that was great too. Yes, yes. So then Captain makes a logical request to keep the treasure map uh, for safekeeping. But Jim seems to think he's uh, up to the task and foolishly hangs on to it and stuffs it down his shirt. Which, that doesn't make any sense, but um, I guess it does later. Uh, Just then, uh, there's a knock on the door. In comes Long John with some drinks and the captain says he's not allowing drinks. And we get some really comical back and forth as Squire pours a drink and then tosses it out the window each time Kermit condemns the idea of drinking on the voyage, and it goes back and forth, and finally well, we get a rat gag as Rizzo's guests tell them to cut it out, the boo- cut out the booze. Uh, it's peeling the paint off the shuffleboard court. <laughs> so It's interesting that they, I mean, for it to be a kids, a Disney kids movie, that they talk about alcohol that much. You know, yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of grog jokes, yeah. Mm-hmm booze jokes uh, J- uh john leaves with jim to dispose of the rum and we cut to the deck as the entertainment from the electric mayhem <laughs> and zoot blows on his saxophone uh to some nice uh i guess snaz music as people are kind of dancing and hanging out on the deck uh, i really the- love the like them as like the cruise ship band like the schmaltzy cruise ship band yes. is so good so we get some more rat gags as they're enjoying the cruise and up on the bow, Jim is sympathizing with Long John for being dismissed uh, from his rum service earlier. And Long, old Long John starts talking about how the captain is is a frog with rules and he sails uh, by the stars, not by the rules. He grabs Jim's compass and Jim tells him that his father, uh, that's his father's compass. And old Long John starts uh, manipulating poor Jim, telling him about his father. And they have a sort of a bonding moment. And Jim is a... Uh, Whimsical about his father's compass. Jim's kind of a whiny <laughs> brat. I thought a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. yeah, Jim's Jim's kind of a kind of a non-entity in a lot of this. <laughs> yeah, yes. So he starts. Uh, Long John starts pressing Jim about what they're doing, what they're looking for, and that he's heard uh, some talk that uh, there's a map on board and they're selling for treasure. And Jim cautiously dismisses it. Long John breaks the tension by saying he's just a lowly cook. That matters like that are for captains, not him. And Jim takes the bait, says, oh, Long John could be a captain. And we get a little foreshadowing as Long John agrees. And maybe someday he will be the captain of this ship and gives a good evil Tim Curry laugh. <laughs> In the captain's quarters, we find out that Smollett has a, a long lost love who happens to be a famous pig. 
So we start setting that storyline up. And as they sail on, Jim and Long John are, are getting closer and closer. And Rizzo and Gonzo are feeling a little bit left out. They lament that the, they feel like the crew is constantly watching, ready to pounce on them. And just then the crew pounces on them and grabs them, drags them off. I look, Clueless Morgan cracks me up in this movie. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's like this goofy looking, like goat looking. Thing. Yeah. God. So good. Yes. Yeah. He is so funny to me. I and, love uh, the, and the puppets good too. Again, the, the new yeah. puppets, I liked all of them. <laughs> But yeah, he's really funny. They take them below and put Gonzo on the rack and begin stretching him <laughs> in, in hopes of getting him to sing. Of course, this has the opposite effect on Gonzo, who's enjoying it. They turn their anger uh, and a hot poker towards Rizzo, right as Mr. Arrow walks in and declares, this is completely unsafe. But like, I love the running thread of like anytime something like that's supposedly bad as mentioned, like before with the captain being a, a horrible tyrant guns is like, great. Right. Cool. This is fantastic. Yeah, and then clueless Morgan's got this poker stick that he's going to like hot poker stick that he's going to get him with. And he's like, as soon as uh, Mr. Arrow comes in, he like puts his hand around the hot part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and then when he takes away, he's like, Oh my hand. Just, it's like little lines that you can barely hear They're They're not like the main line. It's like secondary. But it's so it just makes that character come to life. Uh, just really, really good stuff. Back on deck, Gonzo now with long limbs is tormenting the crew and the, I love that. and the captains. <laughs> 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 that was such a weird effect. Yeah, it was. So, so it was kind of creepy. <laughs> Like uncanny valley there. He just makes you uncomfortable. Anyway, uh, the captain scolds them uh, and the crew for stretching Gonzo. Uh, then the doc stretches Gonzo out on a bur- on a boom and then gives him the old window shade treatment and cuts the rope <laughs> and he rolls up like a window sh- a shade. Captain asks Jim for the map again and Jim is still reluctant until he orders him to hand it over. Mr. Arrow locks it up and says, it would be safe here. We get a cut uh, to find the ship in the doldrums. With no wind and everyone's getting a little crazy and trippy. And suddenly a crew member <laughs> yells, I got the madness. I got the cabin fever. <laughs> and we break into a song about being stuck at sea and going nuts. And how uh, how would you describe this number? Uh, zany. Yeah. <laughs> Completely Muppet. Yes. Tropical. Like a yes. Tropical. Uh, yeah. A lot of fruit hats. Yeah. It's like I. Uh, um, like mumbo number mm. or something. I don't know. This was a real, it. like my real solid memory of this movie was this number. I remember this really well. Yeah. I think this is, I think my mom introduced me to this movie actually. And she, she liked this scene. Scans. This was her favorite scene yeah. as I recall. Um, <laughs> so Lou Zealand makes an appearance in this. Yes. You yeah. see him for the first time and he's dancing around. As, as the song ends, the wind picks up and everyone sheepishly goes back to their business again, kind of going, boy, I hope we don't, no one sees that. That was embarrassing. And, uh, <laughs> and, and down the brig, Long John is visiting his mates who are uh, pleading with him to let him out. Jim walks up with his, uh, with their rations and Long John yells at the prisoners and inside bars, Jim acting as if 
He's to blame for hiring such scoundrels for crewmen. And Jim sticks his foot in his mouth about the treasure map and tells Law and John where it is. Yeah. Again, though, it's, you know, clueless Morgan. He's like, hey, guys, what was all that? Cabin fever. Ah, <laughs> you know, it's like there, it's that little recall there. And it's just really yeah. funny. It's like, it's like what, was it? what was that music? Yeah, what was that Cabin music? Fever. Yeah. <laughs> As the ship sails into the fog, Mr. Arrow and Silver discuss the safety of the lifeboats, prompting Mr. Arrow to inspect the lifeboats. And uh, he's convinced, and Long John's convinced him to uh, hand over the keys, casts him off to his presumed death. Now that Long John has the keys, the crew uh, escapes from the brig and goes looking for the map while the captain gives a moving eulogy for Mr. Arrow on deck. Jim, Gonzo, and Rizzo are down in the mess eating apples in a barrel and overhear Long John's planned to mutiny the captain. The Jim runs to the captain who's preparing to drop anchor as they finally arrive to Treasure Island, he informs the captain of Long John's plan, and Captain wisely gets Long John off the boat. Long John tricks Jim into helping him with his crutch and nabs Jim and sets off for the island, foiling the captain's plans and marooning them on the island alone. Some rats go zipping by on a speedboat scheme. <laughs> I love this subplot just keeps showing right. up at the most Absolutely. ridiculous times yes. throughout the movie. Yes. That is a good yeah. callback. Yeah, they constantly just sort of slide that in there. So the rats go zipping by on a speedboat, and that wraps up Act Two. I got the cabin fever, it's driving me insane. We got cabin fever, we're flipping our bandanas. Been stuck at sea so long that we have simply gone bananas. We, we, we got cabin fever, we lost what sense we had. We got cabin fever, we're all going mad. My sanity. Yeah, the rats going by because it's, you know, it's kind of like modern day because, you know, it's, it's supposed to be a period piece. But then all of a sudden they're in doing something that's mm-hmm. very modern. Like you said, like a, this speedboat pulling them in. <laughs> The water yeah, skiing, they got like and jet skis and yeah. stuff. Taking yeah. pictures with a camera and stuff like that. It's just yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, the one that's got like later has like the camcorder going, right? With the red light like <laughs> blinking on it. Yeah. We fade up to an evening island scene and a tasty little tune being played by the Electric Mayhem, one of my favorites. While the pirates carouse, and uh, oh, Zoot oh, says oh. to Floyd, "I can't decide whose side we're on: the pirates or the frog captain." Floyd says, oh, man, just play the gig. Don't get involved in politics. <laughs> that's, some, that's some sound advice right there. So <laughs> good. Gig, so good. Politics. Politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, Animal gets into that. Oh, well, meanwhile, Jim is getting thrown around on the shore whilst blindfolded. Boo. They get shown Captain Long John Silver now. He says he's willing to partner with Jim. In a one-time offer, he'll put him in, make him partner. Jim says, no thanks. He doesn't want to join in with the pirates. 
To which John goes into a song about piracy. Guys, what do you think about this one? Oh, man. It's the stuff. Tim Curry. It's good stuff, yeah. When you're a professional pirate. He really is. Like, he's just taking it up a notch here, this this scene. Uh, Is this the one where they did the the Marlon Brando? Yeah, there's a weird voiceover point in the middle where it says, it could have been a contender. It could have been a contender. (laughs) so bizarre. That was so upsetting, that guy. It's so weird. At the end of the song, we hear cannon fire. Long John says not to worry. He's left some of his men on board, and if they hear a second shot, it means they've taken over and he's the new captain. And so they have. We cut back to the Hispaniola, and the crew is tied up. Long John keeps trying to get Jim on board. Finally, Jim hands him his compasses, giving in. We cut to Kermit, Rizzo, and Gonzo, who are camped out on the island, formulating an attack. Kermit says they can't do anything until night, and they turn out the lights. In a scene similar to Pee-wee's Big Adventure, we see a lot of yeah. eyeballs appear in the darkness. That's true. Finally, love it. Love it. Finally, so a tribe of pigs dressed in headdresses and not much else takes them captive. Uh, I was so excited at this turn of events. Yes. Let me ask y'all something. I was thinking about this. Do you think if they made this movie today, would they have included that? No. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. No. This movie would not have been they there's about twenty million things they wouldn't allow today. Like Muppets. (laughs) Yes, well, starting with making a Muppet movie. Right. Yeah, it just it does. It just makes me glad though that they made this at the time they made it. Uh, yes. Oh, for sure, for sure. Like all the tiki stuff and all that stuff. Yeah. They'd never do. Yeah. And so great. Well, at the same time, the pirates are following map and compass and arrive at a tree with several skeletons on it. And Silver has no doubt it marks the way to the treasure. One of the pirates thinks it's a sign. It's a cursed place. As Jim gives directions from his map, we cut back to the other group who has been tied up by the high priest. He says, now you suffer the wrath of our queen. Boom, shakalaka. (laughs) Kermit says, he means no harm to their culture. They honor and respect all nationalities. (laughs) This is again. I like that. And and we get to this even more. This is like the Kermit from uh, the Muppets Go to Disney World where he's like. Not condoning violence and like the p- politically correct Kermit. It's really funny that they I, lean yes, into. I, that's exactly what I thought of too. Like I'm opposed to using violence in all forms. Of, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's not good enough for the pigs. And Shakalaka is called for by tribal dancers and skulls and tiki <laughs> things. We see an elephant approaching with a carriage on top. A really ornate uh, Muppet scene here. Um, Looked like a real elephant too. It looked like a real yeah, elephant. Yeah, I was like, yeah. At first, I was like, wow, do they use a real elephant? I was like, no, they're just really good. Yeah, puppeting. Mm. Out of the carriage steps Miss Piggy, saying "Bonsoir, mes amis." She steps out and falls all the way down a long star- staircase with like an ant eater pet or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's got her ant eater. Yeah, she tells the tribe to shut up. Introduces herself as Benjamina Gunn, which is pretty hilarious. Notices Kermit and says, could it be you? Suddenly we have a karate chop to Kermit and he's off towards a gong, which he hits. (laughs) Turns out Kermit is an ex of Benjamina or Piggy and she says, tie him back up. Benjamina Gunn really cracked me up. 
I thought that yes. was really funny. Yeah. Back to the pirates. More are fearful of the curse, but not long, John. As they enter the cave, he leads the way. And finally, they circle around a pit full of treasure chests. Initially excited, they are quickly confused when they find them empty. They're mad at Long John saying they will get him tried, or that he will get them tried for mutiny for nothing. And Long John tells Jim to leave. Says he liked him, and he hopes that Jim doesn't think he was lying about that. With that, he grabs two pistols and begins firing on his own men who have turned on him. A lot of, like, Long John Silver wasting people with two guns in this. Yeah. Yeah. Like double-fisted pistols. Mm -hmm. Wild. Back with Piggy's people, some pigs come and grab Kermit. We see the Swedish chef cooking on his table. A tomato turns and says, well, how else do you think we're going to get him in this movie? So good, but he's a pig Swedish chef. He's got a pig nose. He's got a pig nose. Right. Right. Yeah, oh, so good. Rizzo and Gonzo are chatting when Jim comes and chops him free. Long John is sitting with the pirates, one of whom is sad that dead Tom got shot by John. We're which is hilarious. Dead it's, Tom because he's, he's like he's crying and he like kisses him on the cheek. He's like dead Tom. Long John shot dead Tom. <laughs> Even though that is true, the pirates give John the black spot to which he goes into a rage that is from the Bible. So this is again, I mean this is for the book, but very much shades of the other treasure island that we watched. And uh, that just brought all of the, that back to me, uh, which was an uncomfortable scene in, in the other movie. Mm -hmm. John calls them blasphemous and goes into Southern Preacher mode, which Tim Curry does with aplomb. Yeah. Really yeah. good Southern Preacher from him. Yeah. Again, just <laughs> makes me wish we'd see him in so just everything. Yeah. Just everything. Everything. Yeah. He forgives them for their sacrilege in return for untying him, and the pirates are backing on finding the treasure, so he's convinced them to get back. We get to Rizzo, Gonzo, and Jim, who are disappointed that their boat has been destroyed, but then they see Arrow still testing out the safety of the boat. He says, by the way, the silver fellow may not be trustworthy, which I thought was a good line. I love it. Cut back to Kim, Piggy and Kermit, and we see a rat group touring the set of Muppet Treasure Island. Ridiculous. Really taking down the fourth wall here. Yeah. A little, a little. See, normally that would drive me crazy, but in this, I love it. I mean, I don't know what it is. Something about the Muppets, I'm allowed to. I, I suspend any of those criticisms. And Well, I'm they were like real uh, trailblazers and that kind of humor you know that's yeah, what i think about like now that stuff is way overdone yeah um, it's absurd and i think that's probably sure. part of why the muppets have a hard time speaking in where we're at now i mean with younger people maybe i don't know if that, that's true or not but why they're not more successful because they're like it's like you know Good bands make terrible knockoffs. Yes, bands. It's like you know? everybody it's ripped like, them off, and so now they seem like they're just like cliche. But they invented it all, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Evidently, Kermit left Piggy standing on the altar with a case of cold feet. She's not too happy. After the failed marriage, she fell in with Captain Flint and was marooned on the island. Just about this time, Long John comes around the corner laughing, and Piggy <laughs> evidently had some dealings with him as well. 
I love yeah. it. That's so like, oh, him too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. It's like, come on. I love that. Like they just sort of tiptoe into that gray area of, of being yeah. a little edgy. Right. Uh, the, the, the piggy's getting around the block. Yeah. <laughs> That's guys. for the adults. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he holds his pistol up and asks where the treasure is. She says she won't tell. As they're negotiating, the tribe comes to Piggy's aid, but quickly gives up when Long John shoots at them. <laughs> like, we're out of they're here. like, nope, nope, nope. No, it's like, oh, I see you have boom boom sticks. <laughs> okay, bye bye. <laughs> Piggy says there's no treasure, but John sees her necklace made of doubloons. As they continue to negotiate, Jim and Arrow spring the captured crew loose and try to scare the pirates, acting as if Arrow is dead, which they do. And jump overboard on the Hispaniola. Jim appears to be in control now and says to weigh anchor. And so things are looking up, at least in this plot line. But in the other plot line, Kermit is hanging upside down off a tree hanging over the ocean. Finally, Piggy says where the treasure is and the pirates go to look for it. And then they cut to a scene and she's hanging upside down too, (laughs) right beside him. This time with the ropes holding them above the ocean, hanging above a flame. So imminent doom ahead. I thought that was a funny little detail. Kermit says, don't cry for me, Benjamino. (laughs) Ridiculous. Yes, that was was a good Uh, gag there. And then he goes into another song. And they have a little duet hanging upside down, which I thought was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this really sincere song, and they're hanging upside down. As the rope just gets burnt, and they just keep snapping right. more and more. Yeah. As they sing, we cut to Silver discovering the treasure and the pirates playing in it. A frog and pig sing as the ropes begin to fray. As they finish up, saying, we'll be all right, love, let us hear, Piggy's rope breaks and Kermit catches her. Some weird Kermit buggy eyes here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're very Rare large. moment. Yeah. Yeah. You see yeah. Kermit's eyes change. Yeah. As Silver and his crew load up their boat, they see the Hispaniola turning toward them in hot pursuit. Some of the pirates think it's a ghost of Captain Flint come to kill them. The Hispaniola goes to catch Piggy and Kermit just in the nick of time, and Statler and Waldorf catch them on the masthead. Says they saved the pig and the frog. Well, it was too late to save the movie. (laughs) (laughs) The ship runs around and the battle is on. Piggy does a lot of her karate and all kinds of other mayhem ensues. Silver's kind of watching all this go down. and Beaker and Honeydew start firing the cannon. Weird moment when Sweetums <laughs> attacks his own people and Kermit asks him about it. And he says, are you kidding? I love you guys. <laughs> this is kind of weird. Redemption for Sweetums. Funny. Yeah. And I love Kermit during this. His whole sword fighting thing. Oh, oh my gosh. The Muppet yes. sword <sighs> fighting like arm style is so good. Yes. Yeah. And he's so confident. He has the tattoo on his chest. Yeah. And he's like, aha. <laughs> Not bad for an amphibian or something like that, I think he said. So he, uh, Silver and Piggy, uh, and he points a pistol at her. Well, we see Kermit challenging, as Andy said. Some weird effects of him running around. It's kind of like a Yoda and the lightsaber vibes. This is the thing that I most remembered from the movie. This is the thing that stuck out of my memory was like him jumping like this. Yeah, it is really funny, though. He's, yeah, like so quick and skilled but in a kind of useless way yeah Uh, he's going really hard slicing so much of silver's jacket but not doing much 
<laughs> Finally, he loses his sword and is in real trouble, said he never believed violence solved much anyway. <laughs> but while discussing this, everyone comes around and turns on Silver. Silver says, it seems like your little family has come against me and hands his sword to Jim. We see the pirates in the brig and Silver is there, but he still has the keys. Jim awakes at night on the deck and sees John loading a rowboat full of treasure. In a familiar scene we've seen before, Silver asks him for one more chance. And instead of reporting him, Jim lets him go. One more time. Kermit sees him leave and says, Well done, Jim. Your father would be proud. Suddenly, Arrow shows up and says one of the rowboats is gone, and it was terribly unsafe. <laughs> sure enough, we see Silver sinking in his rowboat. And now, with Jim and the crew happy in happy party mode, Kermit asks Jim, where to? And he sets a course for wherever the winds may take us. And as we set sail, we see the last of the rat tourists underwater as the anchor is pulled and the reggae starts playing. And that thus ends... Muppet Treasure Island. You know, I kind of feel like the Muppets are um, like the, the the classic rock band that still goes on tour, but and they should be like putting out great albums, and they and they're still recording, but nobody seems to be buying the albums anymore. And you're like, why not? Like, what? Right. And just yeah, I just wonder like what Michael said if, if people just the young younger crowd, the the album buying crowd doesn't relate to them for some reason. Um, I don't know. I think it's a combo of things. Like, I, I just don't think Disney believes in them and is like, mm-hmm. puts the push into them that they should. Well, and you yeah, alienate, like, like just, Frank Oz. That's a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. have been some bad decisions made. And just, I mean, just make the Muppet show. Like, me, yeah. like a comedy variety show where you bring in celebrities and I mean, they love like self-promotion and like synergy and stuff. So you could have whoever's in the latest Marvel movie on there or whoever's in the Star Wars on mm-hmm. there. And uh, you could hype whatever you want to hype, but just do it like they originally did it because it's still yeah, good. That would be so good. Yeah. So good. The Muppet I show like that amazing. They were trying to set that up with the ABC one. Yeah, it just, it just never. I, I thought they had some moments. I, I didn't think it was that bad. It but, got um, better. I think the second half was better because at first they tried to like be too much like The Office or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the second half was really good. Did anybody else watch the Electric Mayhem show? I have not. It's actually no. pretty good, and I saw where they didn't renew it for a second thing, which is fine because it was kind of self-contained, but it was pretty funny, and uh, yeah, it just makes me sad they don't. I give it more of a push than they do. This was such a good groove for them to get into after Jim Henson died, these two movies, because, you know, it's riffing off of a known quantity, you know, yeah, for you sure. don't have to go that far out to, to find it. Were you going to mention the mid credit scene? And now I think you should talk about it. I, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I was hoping I mean, somebody it, it, would. 
it's real short. I mean, it's just, it, it kind of surprised me. I was, I just kind of fast forward just to see if there was anything. Cause I didn't remember, but yeah, it's, so it's long John sitting on the beach with one of those Easter Isle type tiki mm-hmm. statues. And he's telling them like bad jokes, essentially. Yeah. He's like, I've got a whole ocean full of these and it's just really short. And you're like, that's interesting that they decided to put that in there. Yeah. Cause Tim Curry doesn't really do much. He didn't really react. He just kind of sits there and listens to him, and then that's it. It's really short. Yeah, I, gosh, yeah, I was going to say that. I totally forgot. Petite. About that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this was like the era when they started doing. Like, remember when Pixar would have like fake bloopers in the, like the yes. first few movies that they did, like mid credits. God, that Bugs Life one was so funny to me. Yes, and it's like that's uh, that's again, it's like that stuff now seems played out, but uh. But that was so crazy back then. Yeah. You know, to do bloopers on an animated movie. Ah, yeah. A lot of people have taken good things and made bad things that are derivative of them. <laughs> That's so yeah. true. So true. Let's grade this movie, and we'll do so using our custom made scale for it. Robert, what are we grading with tonight? I'm going to put this movie back out to the society because. Uh, I couldn't really come up with any. What was our uh, Treasure Island's grading skill? Let me go back and look. I have it right here. I was it shots in the face? Assume it's like <laughs> bottle of <laughs> shots in the face. That's right. I forgot about that. It was a plum duff, which is not. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. It could be black spots. Hmm. Yeah, black I think black spots, spots are, are that's safe, ro- safe rowboats. Yes. Safe <laughs> rowboats. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with. Um, well, so yeah, something safety related. Yeah, it's just safe robots. Okay. All right. One to five safe robots, plot and writing, Muppet Treasure Island. Andy, I'm going to start with you. Uh, again, I love this movie. I There's a lot of great gags. So I'm going to give this a high four. Uh, All right. I, I could not find much fault to it. The pacing was really good. Um, yeah, there really wasn't much to really complain. I, I just... I couldn't quite go to a five, but uh, it's a strong four for me. Okay, Michael? Yeah, I'll echo exactly what Andy said, uh, a strong four. Like My only real beef in the scripting was to give Jim more of a point or a persona or yeah. anything, really. But, I mean, it's a Muppet movie, so you got to have the you, know, you gotta have the Muppets uh, doing Muppet stuff. But, uh, yeah, just really funny. Robert, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm completely with Michael. I think the only my only fault was with how they wrote Jim. So it's it's a four for me as well. I'll give it a four as well. I agree. Casting and acting, I'll throw it back to you, Robert. What do you give it? Oh, man. Jim's kind of a stiff, um, but golly, they, the rest of them hit it out of the park. I'm not going to ding them for Jim. I'm going to go ahead and go straight all the way to the top for a five. Because, I mean, Curry. Oh, I just, yeah. It's got to be a five with Curry there. Okay. I need to think about this a little bit. Michael, you want to take uh, it? The whole time I was watching, I was thinking about this specific grade and what I would give it because, I mean, there are so few humans in it, and mm-hmm. everybody is awesome except for Jim, who isn't really bad. He's just kind of yeah. like neutral. And, like, he does what he's asked to do. Uh, so it's not really not fair to ding him too much. Um, 
And I would imagine it'd be extremely hard to act if, as a young kid against a puppet. Yeah. So, well, and, yeah. And I mean, you're, you're only, you can only do what you're written to do. And I mean, he yeah. does, he does his job. Well, I just, I just kept thinking about like, this is like from the lab that made Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, he's so nineties. <laughs> he's so nineties. Yeah. He's like the B list Taylor. Yeah. Thomas. But man, in honor of Curry, I'm going to give singing. it a five just cause Tim Curry, man. And Billy Connolly. I think I'm going to go right below and give it a four. Although I, you all are really making it a convincing case, but I have a few movies in mind that I'm going to give a five to. Um, so I'm going to go right below. But obviously, what what you all have said is true. Andy, what about you? Yeah, this to me it's a four point five. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with you, Jeff. I'm going to go closer to the four. But I, I really because it, it it is all about Jim. Uh, everyone else just knocks it out of the park. Um, so yeah, I'll, that singing voice killed me. Mm. That's so that hurt it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good, that, point. that was enough for me to bring it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Production value. I'll go with this. I'm going to stick with my fours here. Uh, I, I did like a lot of the production. Uh, you know, some of the songs I, I liked and other ones I did not. So I'm going to say four. Uh, I thought it was a, anything with i feel like the muppets are like the animated movies of like you can't really go below a four because just the inherent goodness of them is so good yeah the the puppetry is incredible and it's just easy to take that for granted so i'm gonna give it a strong four uh michael yeah i i agree i'll give it a four Uh, there were there were a couple of times where i think it felt too soundstagey but I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a limit. It, it's a conflict of having like a, a a puppet movie and a place that is usually like a, a tropical desert island where you would see grand vistas or whatever. So it's kind of a conflict there. But yeah, I mean, anything with Muppets requires a level of respect on the technical side. So four. Robert? You know, I, I work behind the camera in my professional life, so I tend to focus on the behind the camera, like what the camera's seen as my, my barometer for this. Uh, and so I'm kind of with Michael. Uh, some of it did feel really soundstagey. And I think as far as Muppet movies are concerned, like if I was going to rate one with a five, I think Muppets Take Manhattan would be a five. Yeah. For oh, yeah. Value. For yeah. sure. And, uh, and and this one didn't reach that level. So I, but it, it wasn't bad. Like I'm not sitting here saying that you know it took me out of it because you know some of the the special effects were kind of weak. But but yeah, it's going to be a four because I mean it's still it was still good, but not a five. Good. All right, Andy. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that and say with a four as well. I there are some stock footage photo footage that's used. It seems like like especially with the ship. And how that's like integrated with like the water and like the island, it just looked kind of you know janky a little bit. Uh, but yeah, it, again, it's really well done. It's just not quite a five yet. So yeah, so far all fours for me. Okay, Robert, I'm gonna let you start on entertainment value. How many uh, what safe rowboats are we giving this <laughs> this film? Um, when I, uh, like I said, I was trying to remember when I got introduced to this one. I think, I think I said, I'm pretty sure it was my mom, uh, put it on one day when I was visiting them and, uh, post-college. 
uh, and I've watched it maybe a half a dozen times since then. So, I mean, and I still love it. It's, it was great. Uh, I don't, I'm just kind of reluctant to give it a five though, because it's not one that I go after. Um, but if it's, if it's available, I mean, like with a group of people, I'd watch it. So I think that's why I would give it a four. I agree. Um, on my Michael Eisner scale, it, it would be a nice triple. Um, <laughs> but I don't think it's quite the whole kit and caboodle. But, you know, I don't think I've seen this movie since it came out. So I can't wait to show my kids. Uh, I think yeah. they'd love it. Especially yeah, my son would love this. So I was entertained. I don't think it was like everything, um, you know, not the quintessence. You're a, you're a four, not a, a triple would be a three, I would have thought. But, uh, so well, know, strikeout. What if we're thinking about? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so all right, four it is. Okay, I mean, it, yeah, we can't be <laughs> one to one. Uh, wait, did we do Andy? Andy? Yeah. Did you go uh, already? No, I haven't gone yet. Um, okay, for the Andy. entertainment. <sighs> I love this movie, but I can't go to a five. Uh, there's just enough that makes me i think i mean i said that for the most part i dismiss a lot of things uh i mean i i enjoy when the muppets sing but it's not like my favorite thing in the world i think it's mm. the other stuff that i really enjoy most about the muppets um so i was i'm very entertained by this movie i want to give it a 4.5 but again i'm gonna to have to go certain one of the directions so i'm gonna to lean towards that four so it's a straight four across the board for me for this movie same me too yeah all right michael we're gonna let you take it home what how many safe robots are you giving i agree with you all I, i'll give it a four i i just can't go that extra mile but i mean it's such good fun and you know i never get tired of these guys and uh, like Andy said, there's so dense with jokes that I'm sure I could probably put it back on and watch it again right now and pick up stuff that I missed the first time because there's mm, just so much absolutely. to it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear what uh, your kids think about it because it's just so silly. It's so fun. So four for me. All right, well, let's punch this into our computer that wore tennis shoes and see what this one gets. All right, we're getting into some rare air here because, uh, of course, with it, Everyone giving it at least a four on everything. It's a, it's got a four rating. Uh, it came out to a four point one three four thirteen. Perfect. Putting Perfect. it ju- just below Absent-minded Professor at four fifteen, and right above Old Yeller at four point zero six. Whoa! So it is now number seven on <laughs> our a, list. That's Dang, a contrast, top 10. man. Why don't you give us that top ten real quick? Top ten, Mary Poppins is number one with a five point five or probably four point five six. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Four point four four. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea, four point four two. Swiss Family Robinson, four point three one. Flight of the Navigator, four point three flat. And then Absent Minded Professor, Muppet Treasure Island, Old Yeller, That Darn Cat, four point zero six, and the Shaggy Dog. That is a strong out. top ten. That right is there. a solid lineup. That is a good afternoon on old school Disney Channel right there. <laughs> and I will add that <laughs> good for I shrunk the kids is actually tied Weekend. with the Shaggy Dog. So we, nice. have, we have eleven in the top ten with the tie. Makes sense. I feel good about All right, that. Well, we, that's that's a good day. Yeah. Sport. Yeah. 
We've said what we have to say about this film. What did Leonard Malton have to say about it, Michael? I, I, I don't have any Leonard Malton. I'm sorry. Leonard my Leonard Malton. Malton source is still cut off from me. So no. Sources. Yeah. No sources. Uh, that, that was a lot of fun, guys. And uh, I'm really, spoiler alert, excited about what is coming next, Robert. I think <laughs> it's going to be another top tenner. I can feel it coming. Can we you have, tell us what's coming next? I, I mean, I, the next, the, the rest of the of the road in front of us has got some 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 bangers in here. I mean, it's going to be. Uh, we may see some big shakeups in the top ten coming down the stretch here for the, our season five. But yeah, you know, it's hard to believe that it took us four seasons to get the, our first Haley Mills film with that darn cat, which. Um, is in our uh, in our top ten, and I also add that it's uh, our most popular episode from season four. That darn cat is overall statistically speaking. And while I'm at it here uh, talking about statistics, I'll also add that we're on an old yellow watch because it is closing fast on our number one statistically popular episode three caballeros nice. uh, we are 33 All the callbacks. downloads away from taking over the number one spot with old Yellow new number one Great. and descendants is getting left in the dust and descendants is getting way left in the dust that's Her- okay uh, we had our time on the top of the mountain herbie <laughs> goes to monte carlo is also closing fast on yeah, descendants right now <laughs> i had to listen to herbie to go the <laughs> douglas <laughs> car is closing fast. Uh, if Old Yeller winds up our number one achievement, I'll be fine with that. Oh, it's, that yeah. reminds me. What was the type of car that uh, that Herbie falls in love with in that movie? Lancia. Yeah, I saw one the other day. Really? Oh, wow. It's kind of like a and DeLorean. Like, hey, it's the car from Herbie. <laughs> and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. You're like, that is Did you say that to the driver car. of the car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a lovely launch. Hey. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I think might challenge Old Yeller is when our one magic Christmas comes out. I think that's that's mm. gonna be a, <laughs> a, a fan favorite for all time. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about that one too. But anyway, back to where we were. So teasing the next episode, um, because one magic Christmas has already come out by the time you are listening to this episode. Um, so hopefully you were just like consumed by that one um but as you've guessed <laughs> not in a bad way go do another Haley mills film and this one i think is like the the definitive Haley mills film in the in the catalog oh right? yeah for sure it's uh it's gotten we're talking several sequels and reboots and you've probably guessed it by now we're going to go watch the true disney classic the parent trap yeah uh, I thought you was, was going to be Moon Spinners too, <laughs> with Lindsay less Lohan. glaring in this one, but still some glaring. Oh, what if they? Uh, had I remade think Michael Moon Spinners with Lindsay Lohan. Oh, that's <laughs> wow. Oh, that's a Michael. Thought do your thing. Talk to your people. Oh man, I don't want to blow up your spot, but I think you did say this on Mary Poppins. Uh, I think this is your favorite live action Disney movie. Isn't this, that, Michael. I, I'm pretty sure this is my favorite uh, Disney movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. Wow. It is. Wow. Like, I don't know if I think it's the best, but it's my favorite for sure. That's big. It's a big it's one. Big. It's, I'm mean, really looking forward to talking about it. It's it's I just think, a good yeah. comfort food. It's one of those movies, and I probably said this before, like if if it's ever, it's one of those movies that if you see it, that it's on, you'll watch it every time. 
and you're never like not dropper, in the mood yeah. to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It should be fun to talk about. It's uh Oh, there's the there's Shawshank so Redemption of Disney movies. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. He's if we're not counting Island at the top of the world. Yeah. Right. She swims to a river of excrement. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, very similar. If there's a more definitive Haley Mills film in the Disney catalog, I mean, you know, there are two schools of thought, I guess you could say, but let us know and we'll add it to season six. We could play a game, perhaps. A glad game? Oh. Anyway, you know where to find us. Info at medfieldfilm.com and at medfieldfilm on social media. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Branding booming busy town as Naprick helps all. Um, hey boy, uh, <laughs> what's, uh, what's that all about? Why, Todd Naprick, of course. He's taken the town by storm. No one can turn down his excellent graphics and branding. Why, there's a business boom afoot. <laughs> Naprick, uh, yeah. Wait, that, that, that name sounds familiar. Why, isn't that Todd Naprick who does all that work from the Medfield Boys? Uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, he's the guy uh, that uh, talks about the, we talk about him at the end of uh, all their- Extra, uh, extra, read all about it. Photoshop frenzy as Naprick drop shadows the competition for small business. Oh boy, this just sure sounds good for the economy. Lately- We've been having a lot of kitchen table conversations. <laughs> uh, yeah, us too. I mean, uh, that guy, uh, he must be good because, uh, you know, you rarely uh, get headlines about graphic designers. You <laughs> extra, know. extra, read this. Naprick repairs first refrigerator in record time. <laughs> sure, uh, sure seems unrelated, but um, mighty impressive. I may have to call him about extra, my... Extra, extra. <laughs> Naprick stands up to the Hooli boys against corruption and for the common man. Well, there's some stuff to this Todd guy to stand up to the Hooli boys. That political machine has run our town for years. I'm tired of their boots being on our backs. <laughs> uh, how, did, uh, how did he stand up to them? Uh, did he, uh, you know, did not, uh, not do their graphics or something? I mean, uh, he, he may have, uh, been too busy or, um, Extra, uh, extra, peep this. Naprick for DA says more small business, less grift. Uh, okay. I guess, uh, he's getting, uh, p political. I mean, uh, I guess the, the whole branding thing was based more on principle than just, uh, you know, doing stuff for, uh. You know, money and, um... Extra, extra, Naprick saves baby Jessica whilst doing the Lindy Hop. <laughs> extra, extra, Naprick gives away local department store Christmas hoard for needy neighborhood types. Extra, Todd records amazing concept record and brings together many differing and long-standing opposing factions of county. Todd! I just can't believe he can do everything. Naprick. 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 Yes, folks, when you see a name like Naprick, it's impossible to keep the people away for long. Because even though some of the previous dramatization was fictionalized, much of it was not. 
Todd Naprick has years of experience helping small business owners like yourself get on their feet in our world of dazzling social media and branding hierarchy. So if you want to be like the Hooli Boys, but for good and just make a lot of money selling your product, you need to give Todd a call. And as a certified Maytag and Whirlpool repair agent, he may be able to help you in the kitchen as well. <laughs> give Todd a call on his website, bidengraphics.com. That's B-Y-D-A-N-D graphics.com. And don't forget the Upworks. So for all of us here at the Medfield College Film Society and all of you, we wish you well and we will see you soon with The Parent Trap. So long. Mighty Medfield